Today I spoke with Lori about her work with Soul Councils. If you'd like to experience a Soul Council reading for yourself, you can contact Lori at myspiritualsojourn at gmail.com. And to contact Spirit Road, you can email us at spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And, and this, this is Spirit Road. Hi, Tim. <laughs> it's good to see you again. Hi, Lori. Yeah, it's great to be here again. Uh, what are we talking about today? I would like to ask you about your work with soul councils. I know that you've mentioned that that's part of what you do, and, and I don't know a lot about it. I know that there have been a number of people who have had some really amazing experiences with you. And yeah, I would just love to hear how you got into that and maybe what that means. Okay. What occurs to me is we're going to have to do a reading with you one of these days. I would so love your that. soul council's up to. So I first heard that term back, I don't know, in the 90s from a book called Journey of the Soul by Dr. Michael Newton. He had written a couple of books about that and his work as a psychologist in using hypnosis and regression work with his clients. And he found that some of his clients, as he regressed them back into younger and younger states, would suddenly end up in this kind of in-between place where they would start talking about meeting with these other souls and these beings. And they talked about meeting with this group. I forget exactly what phrase he used, but it was a group that each soul met with prior to each incarnation to really plan out what the soul was going to try to accomplish in each lifetime. And this group of beings were unique to each soul or to each soul group. Souls sometimes are, are kind of in groups where you kind of learn and grow together, what he kind of found from his clients. So in each soul then would go back and meet with this council and plot everything out. And then when this life is over, souls return to that in-between place, that what he called life between lives where they would then also review that life, the most recent life with the council. And really it's, it's non-judgmental, it's very loving, but it's like, okay, where did you hit the mark? Or did you maybe miss it? You know, where'd you make a left instead of a right kind of decision, that sort of thing, and just sort of review it so that then when you're planning your next life, you can pick up themes perhaps that you need to have um, coming forward again into a new life. So as I read that, it suddenly resonated with me that that's who I had been hearing all this time, and I didn't know who it was or what to call it. It just suddenly put a label on it for me, if you will, kind of helped me identify who was actually speaking through me, because almost always my readings have been like that, where the information I receive for people has always been about 
why they're here, what their path is, the reasons that they came, the gifts that they've brought with them in each lifetime. And once I had that phrase, it helped me to really identify, I guess, for myself as well as others, okay, this is what I do, you know, and it was much more descriptive, I think, and helped people understand my readings other than just saying, oh, I channel and I don't know who's coming through, but they're going to give you really good information. So it sort of focused it so I could share that with people in a cognitive way that helped them to understand, oh, okay, this is what I'll be getting in this reading and this is what to, to expect. I was never and still am not one of those channels that can really tell people you're going to meet the love of your life, you know, here or there, what jobs, you know, the, the kinds of things that these incredible psychics do all the time. That's not the information that I receive for some reason. Once in a while it comes through, but for the most part, that's not what I get. I get this other stuff kind of at that soul level of why you're here and interacting with the soul councils. They're all very similar and at the same time, different, if that makes sense. It does. Okay. My understanding was that when I met my soul council, I had three, three beings that were my soul council. And I sort of assumed everybody had three beings and that was kind of it. And what I've come to learn over time is that some folks have more than that. I mean, I met with someone once who had 12. I was like, oh, that's a big group. Mm. Mostly I experience them as energy. I, they don't necessarily have a shape or a form. And they, even though I know there are multiple beings, they sort of speak with one voice that I hear, that I experience. Sometimes though, individuals, soul councils will show up as, and I see them very clearly in certain kinds of clothes or kind of dressed in a certain way or presenting in a certain way. One group that I experienced were all dressed in these very vivid, bright colors and were sort of, if I had to choose, I mean, if I had to really think about it, it was probably African royalty kind of vibe to them. Another group showed up very much Egyptian-like, but again, in, in this these kind of costumes that would identify them as that. So they present in very different ways. Some, um, they're all very loving and kind. Some, though, are very funny and um, kind of tease the soul that they're working with. Others are a little more serious and pretty straightforward. So they're always different in, in how they come across. And I think it's because they match up the way they present to the person to the human as well as to the soul does that make sense so that they vibrate and and the human can understand and accept the messages that are coming through so if you're someone who likes humor or is humorous yourself and can receive information that way then they may tease you and be you know use humor as a way of of nudging you <laughs> to be on your path sure and would you say that they know what you're seeking when someone comes to you to to learn about their soul council, does it feel like this is an event that was intended to happen and there's information that's passed to them in such a way that 
it needs to be heard at that point in time. I guess I would wonder what their their intentions are in in communicating through you. So my soul council has stepped forward and and they're going to answer that for you. Our intention is to always be prepared and ready to speak to the soul and to the human being to remind the soul to awaken and to remember why they came, what their purpose is in this particular lifetime. And yes, each time there is a reading that transpires, it is at the exact right moment when that human has called, made that appointment, and is ready to hear the messages. This information is not given unless the soul is ready to receive it. That is not to say that the human being may not be quite ready and the human being may not want the information or quite understand what to do with it. However, our purpose is in talking to the soul self to awaken that being that lives in this physical body so that the soul can begin to remember and help the human move more fully on the path that was decided upon before incarnation. There was a time when we only worked with souls in the in-between, in the non-physical world. However, given the shifts that are happening in consciousness on your planet and with human beings, it became clear that it would be beneficial to have more availability to the souls, to the soul self, while it is in fact in physical form. That way we're in continual support system for the soul and its awakening and to help it to remember its purpose. Would you say that there is a, a shift happening right now? where more people are having these awakening experiences. I, I know that some people describe feeling an urgency to it, mm-hmm. like their awakening experiences are happening with, in an accelerated way. That's my feeling. And I think, yes, that's my experience of it, not only for myself, but for the folks I do readings with, that um, it's happening very quickly because it feels like, And I know there's no time. So when I say this, I don't know how else to express it. It feels like time is short in some ways. But I think it's an acceleration of the shifts in consciousness that are happening to the planet as well as to human beings. That it started a a while ago and it seems like it's really intensified and sped up, if you will, in this past year. These shifts are happening And so I think we as humans are feeling our souls really awakening and feeling this urgency to get on with things, to shift and become whoever it is we we knew we were going to become when we incarnated this lifetime and to really bring whatever gifts we have into the world right now because it's, it's greatly needed. So it feels like just as a planet, as humanity, we need beings to wake up and claim who they are, claim that that incredible being of light that we all are, 
and more importantly, bring whatever incredible gifts they have, such as Reiki, the healing energy work, being a channel, working with herbs and oils in, in terms of being able to help people heal and um, from that aspect. So whatever gifts we're bringing, it's time to wake up, own those, and move forward with them. And there, it does feel like there's an urgency. To me, it always feels like there's a, like, you know how when you, like, you wind up something with a spring and you tighten and you tighten and it tighten? It feels like that's what's happening, that something's tightening all the time. And it's like, we got to get moving here before it all just kind of explodes. <laughs> So all of those modalities that you described too, I, I, I feel like they might be representations of us knowing our connection to each other and maybe moving from a mechanical view of reality um, into more of a holistic that we are more than the, the sum of our parts, that there is a, a recognition of spirit and that there is a recognition that our connection can transcend physical time and space. And, 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 and as we learn that, we start to develop this evolution of consciousness that exists beyond ourselves, kind of the, the collective consciousness. Absolutely. And the understanding that there's no separation. Separation is an illusion, not only from each other, but from the divine, from source. And we're always connected there is no separation at all. And the more we begin to open up to that and we understand that ultimately we're all one, then that begins to me to cascade so many things in our culture and our societies is that if we realize, oh, wait a minute, you and I are connected. We're not really separate. You know, we're in different vehicles, but we're connected and we're the same then we maybe start to treat each other much more compassionately and understand and want all of us to succeed in the same way because you're me and I'm you and there's no difference. And of course, why wouldn't I want what's best for you if I want what's best for me? So it's that shift in consciousness that takes us then societally, I think, in a different direction. I did read something the other day that was a question along the lines of what would the world be like if we acted as if this connection, if we all were truly one and, and yeah. not just to have it as an idea or an ideal, but, but to actually act in such a way uh, that honors that, that recognition, what would life be like? And, and maybe that's some of what we're moving in the direction of. Slowly. <laughs> it, it's very exciting. I, I'm yes, it's so exciting to me to, to envision that. Years ago I, I attended a lecture by Deepak Chopra, and he said that we are all connected even from the physical aspect when he says, I breathe out, you breathe in. So you breathe in what I just breathed out. And so as we all are breathing around the world and we know it all travels and circulates the earth that as we're breathing in and breathing out, we're taking in someone from across the globe. And then they're also taking in us as we breathe out. So all of our essences really are even at a physical level, very interconnected because of that. 
that had a profound effect on me. It was like, wow, I never thought of that. It's just a, a different way of looking at connection and how that works and that we really aren't separate. Just before we wrap up here, I, I wanted to bring it back to the soul councils again. When when mm-hmm. someone comes to see you for a reading, could you describe briefly what that what that would look like? Sure. You know, we'll we'll sit down usually. I encourage them to have questions because soul councils really like that interaction. So it really ends up being kind of a three-way conversation, if you will. I'm channeling, it's coming through me, but I'm a conscious channel. So I also, in the moment, hear what's being said. And then the person, I encourage them to ask questions so that it's a dialogue. And sometimes they have me jump in to also share information or experiences that I've had or things that I know. And so it usually starts with the council greeting the individual, you know, sharing something about they're so happy to have this opportunity because they always are very happy to have the opportunity to speak with someone. And then a lot of times they will just talk for a bit and remind the person of who they are, perhaps talk about past lives a little bit, or say, you know, these are the gifts that you're bringing into this world and it's time now to start becoming more conscious of that. They may acknowledge the person's life here on earth in this lifetime and acknowledge whether it's been difficult or whatever they've had, um, acknowledge that in some way and help it, the person put that in perspective from their soul's point of view of why, of why they might be experiencing something like this. Usually, I have to say they... Okay, usually they will give the person steps to take. And so they'll kind of throw those out throughout the session. And then at the end, they a lot of times will sort of recap that and say, okay, you know, it would be helpful if you could meditate every day, if you would, you know, stay in contact with us or work with your guides or take these steps, you know, see a a Reiki person for Reiki treatments or go to a class. So they'll kind of give you steps that you can take concretely to move forward with the information that they've given you. So that's pretty much how it works. And then in and around some of that, a lot of times they will step back a bit and someone's guide will come through and say, hey, I'm standing here next to you. I'm trying to get your attention pay attention and here's how we can do that. And again, kind of give them some steps to take so they can start recognizing who's talking to them and um, building that relationship with their guide. And then the council will step back in. So it can be very fluid and sometimes um, beings move in and out and, and speak at different times. Sounds like a wonderful experience. I know, I know from a lot of folks in the awkwardly Zen group that I've, I've heard wonderful Uh, about wonderful experiences that that folks have had with you. And I appreciate you taking the time to, to share. Thank you so much. Thank you. 